Remember when you were a kid and you'd go to your friend's birthday party? You would always look forward to it because you'd get to see all your friends. There would be cake, and hopefully that cake was buttercream icing and not whipped because who likes whipped icing? It's all about buttercream, uh, but that's a story for another day. Anyway, we also always looked forward to goodie bags. There was something about goodie bags that you just knew they were coming at the end of the party when everybody sat down for cake and ice cream. Goodie bags are going to be handed out, and you wondered what you were about to get. Now imagine 96 of those goodie bags. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. Today, my 96-year-old grandpa, a.k.a. Poppy Seymour, joins the show to talk about baseball way back in the day. Ninety-six goodie bags, or ninety-six birthday parties, whichever way you look at it, that is quite a lot of birthday parties, but ninety-six reasons to celebrate. I decided to bring my grandpa on for this week's episode because I was honestly a little bit inspired by the death of Hank Aaron. I'm not going to lie, I really didn't know that much about him. I know that he broke Babe Ruth's uh, home run record at 714, Hank Aaron hit 715, but this was such a big deal because Hank Aaron was African American, and at that time, for him to set such an iconic baseball record and break that record was such a big deal considering the color of his skin, and a lot of people didn't want to see him do that, but he did, and Hank Aaron has gone down in history as one of the greatest players to ever play the game of baseball. He remains as one of the most iconic figures in all of sports, and it's not just because of the crazy numbers he put up statistically over the course of his career or how many records that he set, but it's because he was an African-American man playing a sport that was predominantly white males. But the thing is, is that Hank Aaron was playing America's national pastime in a white America at a time when African-Americans weren't even viewed as people. Now it's easy to google his stats or search him on YouTube and see just how great of a player that he was and really get an understanding for that. But what we don't see is what he dealt with on and off the field, dealing with racial injustice and people calling him names from all across the ballpark. We don't know what it was like to experience that. As the times have changed in America, Baseball has done its job to adapt to these changes as well. And there's so much about the game of baseball that I don't understand that I didn't get to experience solely because I wasn't alive. So that's where Poppy Seymour comes in. A 96-year-old man born in 1925 who's seen a lot in the game of baseball. So I put his memory to the test to see just how much he could teach me about what baseball used to look like back in the day and how much it's changed over the years. Hello. Tell me your full name and where and when you were born. Okay. My name is Seymour Rothenberg. I was born in January the 15th, 1925 in Detroit, Michigan. 
and you are 96 years old, correct? Right, yeah. Right, you just had your 96th birthday. So you and I, uh, we had this shared passion for baseball. We've gone to so many games. Within the last, like, what, five to six years, how many games do you think we've gone to, if you had to guess? Oh, I went to quite a few games. I'd say about 100 or so. <laughs> you think we went to 100 games within the last, like, six years? Like, I'm saying the, the games that you and I and, like, Dad would go to. Oh. How many, how many games? Maybe a total of about 25 games. Okay, that, that seems more right. And now, how many games have you been to in your entire life, would you say? Oh, my entire life, I would say at least 100 games. For you, who is the earliest baseball player that you can remember? Oh, uh, Cochran. I can't think he was a catcher for the Tigers. That sounds familiar. Uh, Johnny? No, I can't remember the first name. Mickey Cochran. That's what I think it was Mickey. He was a catcher for the Tigers? Yes, he was the catcher for the Tigers. Yeah, Mickey Cochran. He was, this was in 1933. He was born in 1903. He died at 59. And he debuted in April of 1925, so the year you were born, for the Philadelphia Athletics. And then his last MLB appearance was for the Tigers in May of 1937. Oh, uh, right. When was the earliest game that you can remember that you went to? Oh, geez, I, 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 I must have been about 15 years old when I started to usher. So you started ushering baseball games like before you went to them as a fan? Yes, right. You were ushering to make some money, right? No, no, didn't make any money. Oh, you didn't make any money? No, we got in free, and uh, we ushered, and we saw the. we didn't have to pay to see the ball game. So you basically did it so that you could go watch the game for free. You wouldn't have to pay to get in, but you didn't make any money ushering. Right. Do you remember what some of your duties were, like what you had to do? Well, we had to dust off the seats. Uh, for the uh, customer, so their clothes would stay clean. Sometimes they would tip us a nickel or a dime. <laughs> that was a lot of money back then. So, wh what were some of the costs of things like back then? If you remember, you remember you were telling me about uh, you get a pack of gum and the baseball cards. You remember how much that would cost you? A penny. So it was a penny, one cent for a pack of gum. And it came with a baseball card, right? And you had a picture of a baseball player in there. A card, baseball card, with a picture of a ball player. And on the back of the card, it gave you all the statistics on the player. How old he was, the year he was born, team he played with. Right, batting average, all his stats. Yes, and all that. And you got rid of those. I saved them for a long time, but uh, 
I, th- I think I gave them away to a, a relative of mine. Because they would be worth a ton of money today. A lot of money. So do you remember, like, back to go back to when you were talking about how you would, like, dust off the seats and stuff? What? Uh, what? People... Like, how, how you would have to dust off the seats when you were an usher and you would wipe down the seats when people would sit down. Wasn't there a certain style of dress back then? Like, did all the men wear hats? And suits like to to baseball games in particular, right? Yes, and uh, yeah, they used to have straw hats. I mean, you were able to buy them in the store. And when Labor Day came around, those sitting in the uh, in the bleachers uh, uh, on the seventh inning stretch, they would take their straw hats and just toss them on the field. They would throw their hats. On the field, yeah, the because uh, that was the end of the season for straw hats. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean that was the end of the season for straw hats? Well, the fall weather was coming around. The winter, you don't wear those straw hats in the in the winter time. It's strictly a, a summer hat. So okay, so you're saying everyone would throw their hats on the field. During the seventh inning, and they they wouldn't get them back. That was just their way of like throwing them away. There was a delay in the ball game until they were all picked up. <laughs> did did you ha- as an usher? Did you have to deal with those hats after the game? No, no. That that was out in the bleachers. I was I worked in the grandstand. That is, I never heard that. Like why? I, I don't know. That's so interesting. They just threw their hats. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. I thought they wore like nicer top hats, and that was a lot of. What, well, the summer, like, yeah, the that. winter time and the fall, but in the summertime they they wore straw hats. Now, do you remember? Like, did the season? When, when did the baseball season begin back then? Like in the forties, would it start in April, or would they play like maybe just in the summertime and would end in? October. Uh, I would say they started in April. Okay. And they, let's see, they played a total of, uh, oh, uh, about 100 games, 50 at home and 50 away. Now, didn't the, obviously there wasn't as many teams as there are today that there was back then. No, no. So do you remember how like the standings worked and, and the like playoffs in the World Series? There were no playoffs in those days. There were eight, eight teams in each league. And the team that won, ended up in first place went to the World Series. There were no playoffs. So each team out of the 16 teams and the two leagues, the top team in each league would go to the World Series? I would say, well, the Tigers were one of the top teams, and the Boston Red Sox were uh, a top team. Now, what what were some of like the teams that, we've talked about this before, they had, like the, like the Philadelphia Athletics. Wasn't there, like, the, the Cincinnati? Cincinnati was something, right? They weren't the, the Reds. They were the Browns, weren't they? The Cincinnati Browns? No, no. 
That was the St. Louis Browns. The St. Louis Browns. Yeah. They, uh, uh, there was the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League and the St. Louis Browns in the American League. Well, the St. Louis Browns didn't do that well. They didn't have the money to pay, pay for the good players. Eventually, they moved out of St. Louis, and they ended up in, uh, oh, what's the old St. Louis Brown team? Just outside of Washington, D.C. Baltimore? Yeah, yeah, they became the Baltimore Orioles. All right, pause. We're going to break the fourth wall for a quick sec here. Did you guys just hear how uncertain I sounded when I said Baltimore? What the heck was that? I'm sitting here right now listening back to the episode, editing it, and I can't believe that in real time that was how I sounded. I really need to uh, boost my geography skills, I guess. All right, back to the episode. Do you remember what the salaries were like for players back in those days? For, like, the best players like do you remember what hank greenberg what he would make in a season they they didn't make that well i don't remember how much they made but um they had to pay rent they stayed uh they they rented a room in, in homes they didn't stay in the hotels like they do today where the the uh um management pays for their rent so they they would stay like when it came to traveling though when they they traveled out of town so when they traveled out of town they would stay in other people's homes uh i don't i that i don't remember how how that happened so well speaking of traveling so would most people when they would go to the games was it by way of bus or would they drive Mostly by bus. When you went down to the... I mean, if they drove, you you were lucky if you found a place where to park your car. Some some of the spots were maybe a, almost a mile away where they would park and they'd have to walk all the way or take a bus to the uh, ballpark. So you would take the bus down to the ballpark when you ushered? Right. Yeah, and it was only a dime to go on the bus. It was only a dime? Well, that's ten times more than a pack of gum. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was probably a little expensive to take the bus to and from. Well, the cost of living was much lower. You weren't making any money as an usher, so you were paying. No, no, no. Right, so you'd pay 20 cents to get... <laughs> to the stadium and home each time you ushered a game, but you weren't making any money. No. And you were okay with that? Yeah, I was okay with that because once the game started, I didn't didn't even bother to usher. <laughs> <laughs> you just watched the game? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Tell me a little bit about like when, when World War II started. And I know Hank Greenberg left and went to fight in the war and then came back and continued playing. How did that impact baseball? Well, all the... It, it, uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember how it impacted baseball. Like, was baseball was baseball was still happening, though? Like you could... Yes, baseball was still happening. 
they just hired other players, I guess, probably brought them up from the minor leagues or so. Because you think a lot of the the major league players went off to fight in the war? Yeah, 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 a lot of them did, yeah. Or rather, they managed playing ball games, they, they, they got the players. So do you remember like what it was like for um, Hank Greenberg, because he was Jewish, and he was playing at a you know, at the time when the war was going on, do you remember how people treated him? They treated, oh, they treated him terrible. They, they used to call him uh, Jew boy and all that. They used to do that. Were you afraid of, of like being Jewish? And if like anyone found out at that time? Well, I didn't. I, no one knew I was Jewish. I didn't. You didn't have to give your religion when you went to uh, usher a game. Right, but you probably saw the way that, you know, he was treated, and you, well, you thought, well, somehow if it got out or someone found out that you were Jewish... and like you Well, were I game, kept my mouth shut. I didn't want to get, uh, you know, into a fight. Right, so you didn't say anything. You wanted to keep quiet when you heard people around you. No, no. And so basically, what, Greenberg would just, you know, he'd have to take it and sit there and and listen to all those people call him names, and there was, no, there was nothing he could do about it. Yeah. He even had it from some of the ball players. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, because that was what happened you know, with, with Jackie Robinson when he broke the color barrier. Right. Even his own teammates. Well, it's, uh, the, uh, uh, what do you call the guy of the baseball, the head guy? The manager? Not the manager, the head guy in charge of baseball. The the GM, the commissioner? Yeah, the commissioner of baseball. He put a stop to all that. Do you remember what he did in particular? He said that uh, they would be disbarred from baseball if they did anything like that. Really, the players? Yes, that's right. And so that stopped. You don't... Don't hear that stuff anymore. Hank Greenberg, he his first year in baseball was 1933, or 1930 actually. Uh, he was 19, and then in 33 he played in 117 games. So his career, he stopped for those three years. So 1941 he played, and then 1942, 43, and 44 he didn't play. Because he was in the army. Yeah, and then and he, he came, came back. back in 1945. And he helped the Tigers get into the uh, World Series, and they and they won the World Series in 1945. I went to a World Series game. I ushered. What a thrill that was! One 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 game. After that, I didn't bother ushering anymore. I got older, and I didn't want to bother with it. How long were you ushering for? You said you started at 15, but like, do you remember how long? I don't know, three, four years, something like that. And then what things if- changed. They did no more, you know, no more ushering. They stopped that. Right, because everyone was probably just doing it so you could get in for free and watch the game, and you didn't have to pay. In the seventh inning, they let the people in free. Well, they don't do that anymore. That stopped. And the the double headers used to be when they had double headers back in the day. It would just be right one right after another, right? Right. It started about about twenty minutes later. 
So do you remember what it was like then when, like when baseball really started changing? And I mean, like when Jackie Robinson got into in baseball in uh, 1947, you know, when he broke the color barrier, um, do you remember what that was like? Like how people sort of reacted to it? Yeah. Yeah. Were they appreciative of the fact that he, he was the first African-American baseball player? Well, they called the them names and all that. I think Hank Greenberg told them, don't pay any attention. They do that to me because he's Jewish. Just ignore it and just play your baseball and play the best you can. And the thing about, you know, both Greenberg and Robinson was that they were some of the best players of their time, even though Hank Greenberg was Jewish and Jackie Robinson was the first African-American to play. But they were some of, and still to this day, are like the most iconic names in baseball history. So it's amazing that like you got to live through that time and you remember what it was like and how people treated them. Yeah. Well, growing up was different than growing up today. You know, the war got us out of uh, out of a depression. There were so many people unemployed, and so no times have changed. This is a lot, lot different than they were back then. Can you imagine if I would have saved all those baseball cards through the years? It'd be worth a fortune. I know. That's what I'm saying is like, I can't believe, you know, if you had saved those cards. (laughs) If I still had them, I would have given them to you. Let you do what you want with them. On the back of the card, I gave uh, the the statistics on the ball player. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, they still make baseball cards today, but it's the fact that those are, you know, old school, some of the first baseball cards ever made, and they're so... They're worth so much money. I mean, millions of dollars. Those baseball cards you got in a package of gum. Right, which costs you one cent. One penny. (laughs) (laughs) Me and you, we've been going to baseball games for a long time. Probably the last six, five to seven years. I mean, we go to at least like... Did you watch the playoffs yesterday on football? (laughs) I did. Did you see the, uh, the stands? There were people there. Yeah, there was some people there, yeah. Yeah, they allowed so many people in the game and they had to sit far apart. Yes, they also, they let they let um, people go to the World Series. Right, yeah. Like, you couldn't go watch the, the playoffs, like the division series or the championship series. But for the, the World Series, they allowed a certain number of fans to go watch. Right, yeah. So, so I, I want to know, know what, what what was your favorite part about going to the games? games? Like, what, what did you what, what did you look forward to most when we would go? go? It's just a thrill to go to a ball game and watch it. What's your favorite? Because you didn't have cable, and I mean you just moved. You moved in March, and then you finally got cable. So you never really watched Tigers games on TV. Uh, I'll tell you, when I first got my TV, the first television, mm-hmm. the very first, I mean, it, it ran on tubes like the old radio. It's not like it is today. It ran on tubes? Yeah, tubes, tubes. 
I can't explain it. They fit in the in, inside the uh, the uh, TV box. Speaking of the TV, do you have the TV on right now? No. Oh, I just I heard someone talking. No, background. that's this loudspeaker. The uh, uh, talk from the office. Anything going on? But you, you know, you used to listen to Ernie Harwell on the radio. And then that that changed to Dan Dickerson. So between watching the game on TV, which you got to do recently, or going down to the ballpark, or listening to the game on the radio, what is your favorite way of taking in the game? There was no favorite way of taking in the game. <laughs> no, for you. Listen to a game, I would get thrilled if the Tigers got a hit and score some runs. But do you prefer to listen? Because you've been so accustomed to listening to the games on the radio for so long. Like, think about how many times you've sat in your chair with the radio right next to your ear and you're listening to Dan and Jim on 97.1. Yeah. Would you rather listen to a game like that way or do you prefer... I'd rather watch it on TV. You'd rather watch it on TV. More so than going to the game? Well, uh, going to a game is different than watching it on TV because you can see the entire field. You know what you don't get, though, is you love to heckle the fans when we go to the games. (laughs) You know, because we always, I feel like we always go see the same teams typically. Like, we'll go see Toronto or we'll see Cleveland or Minnesota. Yeah, and you'll and you'll see you'll see someone walk past you with like a in a Cleveland shirt on or a Blue Jays shirt, and you always you always have to say something to, the, to say something to them or heckle them. <laughs> why why is that? You love to do it. Just got a kick out of it, and then afterwards, I stop because I'm liable to get someone who's mad when to start a fight. <laughs> they wouldn't start a fight with you. <laughs> They wouldn't start a fight with you, though. They don't care. I mean, they know that you're just messing with them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you used to I get always... a kick out of it. I, I did. <laughs> I do just thinking about it. Yeah. Now, I tried Googling after the interview throwing straw hats onto baseball field or did people used to throw their straw hats onto the baseball field i couldn't find anything and based on a lot of pictures that i've seen it still does look like it's top hats that people are wearing i'm not saying i don't believe poppy seymour and that he lied straight to my face about the straw hats but i just couldn't find any specific evidence on the internet But, you know, that was a really fun interview, even though that was my grandpa. Um, (laughs) I still learned a lot. And the thing is, is, you know, you can sit and watch movies, old baseball movies, or just watch anything or Google anything on the Internet. And until you hear that firsthand experience from, from someone who actually lived it, lived through it, and in my case, you know, as my grandpa, um... It's just really crazy to see how far the game of baseball has come. Now, I couldn't expect him to know everything just because he's 96 
and has been around for 96 years doesn't automatically make him some baseball historian or some baseball connoisseur. He still remembers some stuff. I mean, his memory was pretty good. But, like, there was a couple times where I asked him if he remembered about Hank Aaron specifically. He couldn't tell me that much about Hank Aaron. A lot of what he remembers was the Tigers. Um, And I thought that bit about ushering the World Series in 1945 was, was really cool. I can't imagine, one, just, like, everyone takes the bus to a Tigers game. Like, you know what it's like when you would go to a game downtown and maybe you take, like, the Fishbones bus or, like, the Greektown bus that will, like, take you back and forth with, like, 20 people on it. That's always fun. But imagine, like, everyone crowded on a bus going downtown to go see the Tigers play. That would be crazy. And not only that, but everything is, like, between one penny and ten cents at that time. So go crazy. Uh, but that was that was a really fun time that I had. Next week's episode will be up Wednesday at 3 o'clock. Definitely going to be a lot to cover. Uh, Just within the last couple of days, George Springer has signed with the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays also signed Marcus Simeon to a one-year $18 million contract, which seems like a ton of money. Um, JT Real Muto went back to the Phillies on a five-year deal. Uh, The Yankees traded for Jamison Tyone, such an interesting name to pronounce. Uh, And the Tigers made a couple of moves. They signed Wilson Ramos to a one-year, $2 million deal, which seems like an incredible bargain. But until next time, you guys, that is all for Motor City Hardball. I will see everyone next week, Wednesday at 3 o'clock.